0: Money FM 89.3. Best of Breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3.
1: Alright folks, here's how markets are looking like right now and we've got stocks rallying overnight. The S&P 500 ended the day out of correction territory and that was a 1.2% jump to 4,167, its best performance since late August. And this is up 1.2%, the same as the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which was up over 500 points or higher by 1.6% and this closing at 32,929. And the Dow had its best day in nearly four months. The Nasdaq Composite rose 1.2% to 12,789. So among the top movers, we've got Amazon up 3.9% and Meta Platforms rising 2%. So let's check in now with Scott Crow. He is the President and Chief Investment Strategist at Centre Square Investment Management. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Hey, good morning. Hey, great having you on. You are speaking to us from Philadelphia, where the cheesesteak comes from. And not exactly the same level, but we're gonna talk about McDonald's. It is still drawing in the crowds, partly because of price hikes. Uh, what do you make of the latest market moves right now?
0: Well, I think generally speaking, the market has proven you know very resilient to in the face of what's been, you know, the most aggressive rate hike king cycle that the US has seen in modern history. And, and that's for a few reasons um, you know the the first is that the u s consumer had a lot of uh, pandemic related savings from a lot of the transfer payments that were made and a lot of liquidity that built up in the system that you know they, they basically finished spending down, but you know they had that wind at their back. The other thing that 's been driving the consumer in the u s is the tightness of the labor market, which is But you've been affected by the fact that a lot of uh, older people have just not come back into the workforce following COVID. Uh, So you've got a very, very tight labor market, leading to very uh, high wage growth. uh, And people people will spend money if they've got a job. And that's pretty much what's happening. At the same time, inflation's coming down, which is good news. But I think the not-so-good news was what came out of the Fed out of their last meeting, which is basically they're going to keep interest rates tight, through the balance of next year because they really need to see that labor market weaken if Mm -hmm. they're going to be convinced that the inflation genie is back in the bottle. And I guess our concern Center Square is that the the market seems to be discounting a no recession soft landing scenario Mm -hmm. that I think is improbable given the the dramatic increases we've had in interest rates. It's it's just a matter of time before things start to weaken.
1: Yeah, we've been seeing some Positive data coming through just not too long ago. We've got the third quarter GDP numbers, uh, better than expected. And also some of the indicators pointing to a very resilient labor market as well. So I guess the question is, how much more um, momentum are we going to see behind these strong indicators? And of course, this leads into the next two FOMC meetings, one later this week and another in December. What's your expectations on how the Fed's going to read into all these indicators?
0: Yeah, well, I think they want to see things cool down. I don't think they're happy with uh, the data, frankly. I mean you know they, they they believe if you look at where they think the non-inflationary rate of unemployment is that the US labor market is just too tight and mm. really that's at the heart of the inflation issue. You do have good news on inflation, you have rents coming down, uh you already had the price of goods uh, fall, but services is continues to be you know, above average in terms of inflationary growth. And that's that's wages. And so they've got to see that labor market cool. The only way you can do that is to see the consumer cool. And consumption makes up two-thirds of GDP. So, you know, you, you just do the math. And basically what the Fed wants is a mild recession. Uh, that That is, I believe, unofficial uh, Fed policy. Hmm. And how are they going to get there? Well, look, they've given themselves one more rate hike in their back pocket I think it's increasingly likely that they may end up using that given how strong the data is and then they're just gonna keep interest rates high and see what happens and what that's meant is that it's, it's, it's really hurting certain parts of the market it's hurt obviously tech it's hurting real estate but you know that consumer is is less sensitive to interest rates particularly this cycle because um, everyone's mortgages are very long term 20 plus mm. years Uh, You don't have a lot of floating rate debt. And so, you know, the, the average U.S. consumer is just, like, quite, is relatively less sensitive to increases interest rates than they have in the past. So, it's got to come through the financial markets. It's got to come through the business end and hiring. But you've still got that momentum where people are spending and businesses, you know, are, are, are hiring. And until that really slows down, you know, that's not going to change. But it, I think I think it has to eventually, if they keep interest rates, uh, you know, this high.
1: Yeah, Scott, that's a very good point on the impact on real estate. We did see... New- New home sales in the U.S. suggesting there is a bit of a slowdown there. So how much of a slowdown can we expect in the coming quarters?
0: Well, you've really got a tale of two real estate markets here in the United States. You've got the commercial real estate market, which is under tremendous amounts of pressure. I mean, you go back two years ago, 10-year bonds were 1.5%. So we've had an in excess of 300 basis points or 3% move over two years in interest rate costs. And what that's doing, that's pressuring values because it means that the the yields people want to pay for real estate goes up and the values they want to pay goes down. And that is causing a lot of pressure in commercial real estate Mm. today. The housing market, on the other hand, is a different picture because essentially what's happening is nobody is moving. In a given year in the US, about 90% of all housing turnover is from existing housing stock. Mm-hmm. About 10% is from home builders and new housing stock. And what's happening is because the average in-place mortgage in the U.S is 3.8%. And if you want to get a new mortgage, it's 7%. Nobody's selling their house. Nobody's moving. So that that existing home sales market has just absolutely plummeted. And home builders just can't keep up because even though affordability in the US, given where house prices are and where interest rates are, are as bad as it's been since before the GFC, there's a natural demographic, uh, inelastic, sort of demand push every single year is people just have family reasons and other other, other moment in life reasons they need to buy a home. So mm. the, the, the bottom line there is that house prices are going to remain pretty solid in the U.S. despite the fact interest rates have gone up um, and that affordability issue is just going to have to you know be solved through eventually more supply and or lower interest rates in the future. I do think interest rates will be lower in the next couple of years. Uh, but you've got, a, you've got a structure on the supply of housing in the U.S. And, um, yeah, certainly, uh, what's going on right now is is not making it easier to uh, afford a home.
1: Yeah, those high interest rates are uh, keeping the area of existing home sales in a bit of a wait-and-see situation. Um, you've got your eye on some opportunities though, in real estate and around data centers. Yeah, well, there's a few
0: quiet bull markets going on in commercial real estate, and one of them is around data centers. So data centers are the physical manifestation of the internet, uh, to think of it in its most simple form. It's where all the things we do on our, our phones and our computers, they end up in a big data center somewhere, being calculated, and all the, all the different apps and programs from, you know, Facebook through to, uh, you know, Twitter, they're all talking to each other, and and that's how the internet works. is basically through through data centers. Now, what you've had is you've had cl- the you know cloud computing, where a lot of the information we are processing and keeping. It's not happening on a desktop computer or laptop. It's happening in the cloud. When they say it's in the cloud, they actually mean in a data center somewhere that's off your computer. That cloud computing growth is growing at 20% per annum. And um, things were already getting, you know, fundamentals were already getting pretty tight in the data center market anyhow because one of the big constraints to data center supply is power. You need a lot of power to run these computers but also keep them cool. Keeping them cool is one of the biggest challenges in a data center because they run so hot um, because they're running at such high capacity so you know using you know cold air or now even using uh liquid water mm. to, to cool these, these coils to cool these centers down takes a lot of power and what's happened is that the infrastructure side of the equation the power grid is not kept up and so we're running out of power we can't create enough data centers. And guess what just happened? Artificial intelligence. Yeah. So AI piles onto this demand and suddenly had this huge demand supply imbalance uh, that's really favoring the data center space, seeing really, really strong rent growth. And, yeah, necessitating the build out of you know many billions of dollars of new data center infrastructure to facilitate the new wave of cloud computing and AI.
1: Yeah, very compelling uh, argument there to do at data centers. Uh, we've been chatting Scott Crowe. He's the president and chief investment strategist at Center Square Investment Management, helping us unpack the latest moves on Wall Street and what to expect in the coming quarters. Scott it has been great chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. All right, Scott. Catch up with you again next time. Save Money FM eighty nine point three. Before acting on the
0: information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to the full interview, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O audio at the App Store and Google Play.